you would, to pull out your new Bibles. Turn with me to Hebrews chapter 10, um, page 1007, I believe. And uh, we are going to continue our series in uh, Hebrews this morning. If you remember, uh, we've come to chapter 10, and we're spending three weeks camping out on verses 19 through 25. Looking at the three exhortations related to faith, hope, and love. So this week, hope is on the menu. So um, if you were there, let's read together uh, Hebrews chapter 10, verses 19 to 25. Therefore, brothers and sisters, since we have confidence to enter the holy places by the blood of Jesus, by the new living way that he opened up for us through the curtain, that is, through his flesh. And since we have a great high priest, a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart and full assurance of faith, with our hearts sprinkled clean from the evil conscience, and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering. For he promised is faithful. Let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day drawing. We pray with you. Ways. I hope it's not going to rain tomorrow. 
very presence of God and offers it on our behalf. He does all the work and He Himself is the one in His person who carries this out. Do you actually have access to him or 
not. And as you walk through, your very life is in danger. Because if you ever show the threat, unless you're Jet Li in a bad movie, um, you're never going to get there. Because he is well protected. The holiness of the emperor is protected by guards in each of these courtyards. Friends, Jesus has walked through the courtyards. He has satisfied every requirement, every demand. And when we walk into the heavenly forbidden city of the presence of God, if we look ahead, we see the throne of God in Jesus standing at the right hand. And He is the one who is saying to the emperor, and therefore to all of the angels as well, to all of the forces that would protect the holiness of God, I vouch for Him. I have done what He needs to approach me. He is with me. He is here by my invitation. And He is here under my Jesus is the forerunner who has gone ahead and now invites us into the very presence of God, having done everything we needed. And this is now awful. This is not just a past reality of his death, but it is also a future reality that for our eternity, we will be with Christ in that place with God. It's hard to 
You notice, yes, in this quote, um, but it, it has a slightly different take in this one. We, our desires are, are too small, not too great. We're too easily pleased with the things of this world, and so we prefer the mud pies of this world to the glories and the joys in His image of the vacation of the sea. So, prosperity dulls our heart, and trials overwhelm the heart. When we get the news, we get the call, your dad to the hospital. You didn't get into the program. I need to return this ring to you. Nothing more we can do. Feels like life crashing down around us, slipping through our fingers. Disappointment crushes our spirit. And when we put all of our hope in this life and it slips away, there's nothing left. But friends, 
seeing hope as good and taking hold of it and holding fast to it. The image of holding fast is a great one. It's a nautical term uh, where if you take a rope and you tie it to a mooring, yeah, and you pull, the idea is that when the knot is tied well, it will hold fast. And the harder the pressure is on the rope, the tighter the knot will be. Friends, this is the picture of what the writer of Hebrews is exhorting us to do, is to take hold of the hope in Christ without wavering like that. So that when the greatest storms blow, or so that when the greatest prosperity comes, we are not pulled away from this hope. Now, it would be very easy at this point to think, and I'll end the sermon with, so hold on, cling harder, do more, to try harder, to hold on. But thankfully, what would be verse 23? The writer of Hebrews knows that that is not actually the cause of it. Well, fast, that I 
cultivate this in our hearts. There are things to do. The writer of Hebrews is throwing it out. Chapter 3. Consider Jesus. Think on him. Remind yourself daily of who he is and what he has done for you. Verse 7, chapter 7 talks about boasting in our hope. Friends, do you boast about Jesus? Do you boast that the power of sin and death has been broken? Do you boast about the fact that if you die, you know exactly where you're going? Not because you have done anything to deserve it. When you boast about something, it's the thing that's captured your affections and it's the thing everyone knows about you. Draw near to Jesus. Seek Him. Seek Him in personal devotions. Seek Him in regular Bible reading. Seek Him corporately by coming and being together with His people, reminding us of the work that Christ has done. And finally, we haven't gotten to that in, verse, in chapter 12. Look to Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. Who can joy set before him endured the cross, despising his shame, and now seated at the right hand of God the Father. Friends, it's possible to do this. Chapter 11 will remind us of those who died in faith, having not received the things promised, but having seen them and greeted them from afar, having acknowledged they were strangers and exiles on the earth. These people who speak thus make it clear that they're seeking a better homeland, a different homeland. They seek a better country that is a heavenly one. As I was Poking around, I found a story of a woman um, on her blog. Uh, she, her name is Sari. Uh, she lived in England. She died last December. Her Hodgkin's lymphoma. Last month before she died, she wrote this. One thing I've noticed, though, she's kind of got a funny way of writing, so bear with us. One thing I've noticed, though, is that people will always tell me have faith and hope. It's an interesting concept, faith and hope, that is. It's interesting because the real and more important question is, what should the object of my faith be rooted in? What am I asking for faith and hope in? My faith and hope are firmly rooted in God. That does not mean that I'm praying and asking God to keep me alive. Having faith and hope in God is knowing that your salvation is safe. I know where I'm going. We've all got to die at some point and of something. For me, that's what it means to have faith and hope. God loves me. He knows how hard this life is. I want to go home and have every tear wiped away from my eyes. Hear him tell me, well done, good and faithful servant. Welcome home, my child.
relatively obscure cloud of what God has done and the certainty 